Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman wanting to get better off the ball, or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA. Visit dnasportsdenver.com right now to sign up and uh, buy some merch. Let's go. Yeah, I said we're out. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we're here live and direct. Yo. What's up, everybody? Yo, DNA Sports Podcast once again for you. Number ten and number ten's got to be special. Got to be a special one. What's Sorry, up, Coach? how you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, brother. I'm excited for this episode, dude. Got a busy couple of days coming up. Yeah, we do. Busy, busy, busy. Fun though. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be a different pace. Yo, if you guys ain't doing nothing, get out with us. The Citizens Park in Edgewater, also known as Edgewater Elementary. Yes, sir. And uh, come throw some horseshoes with us for a good cause, raising money for our second grade Wheat Ridge Vikings youth football team. Um, give these kids an opportunity to experience some fun, do some different things, and at the end of the year, have a great bash and in ball. And who knows, maybe go play some football somewhere else. You know, other states, other opportunities they always rise up. So it's good to have a little budget to be able to do some things. You know, uh, youth sports are some of the least funded things that there are out there and a lot of parents are coming out of pocket so shout out to the parents yeah man it's gonna be a real good time we got a lot of raffles going on you know we got tvs got volleyball games going on kickball yo we got I'm, sound bars i'm, I'm looking kids at it right now raffles and I'm, we have free kids raffles as well so bring your kids out and we're gonna give out free raffles to the kids and you know we're gonna have a good time and I'm looking at it right now, dude, and I'm going to take a picture of this, and I'm going to I'm going to post it on our Instagram. And that's only a fraction of it, bro. Other other team moms and other coaches have other raffle gifts that we will be raffling off, so it's going to be a good time. Come oh, get those gifts. I'm talking about the TV, dog. You oh. Just put my name on it. Oh, okay. You just put my name on it. Okay. I'm, 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 are coaches excluded from winning? Nope. Bet I'm about to drop my paycheck. Yep, that's good. <laughs> Coaches ain't excluded from winning, but they damn sure ain't excluded from paying too. Hey, <laughs> now once again, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, it's been a journey. We appreciate it. Uh, shout out to all, all everyone that's, that's showed some love. All the local businesses that's shown some love. Uh, make sure you go visit dnasportsdenver.com. Go sign up for a training session. Go buy yourself a new uh, coffee mug. Um, we'll we'll have to post this on the socials later on, and when we post this. Uh, we post video of this of this little uh, escapade that we're on today. Um, some dope, 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 dope DNA sports training coffee mugs, um, T-shirts, sweaters, just swag galore. Make sure you go get yourself hooked up. Make sure you book up a training session. Uh, shout out to Joseph and his mom and his mom Jenny for hooking it up the other day with a with a session. We got a great speed and agility training session in. Um, I know you've been training them defensive linemen, man. It's been a it's been a blast and I'm excited for where it's going so far. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Morales siblings. Two brothers and a sister. They've That's been putting up. in work and it's showing on the field. And I can't wait to continue to work with them and, and work with anybody else. All you high school athletes out there Book a film session. We'll break down film. Yep. We'll study film. We'll talk chalk talk. We'll get whatever gets you right for the season. Yeah, if it's consultation, you know, you want to get your, you want to, you want to find out what you're doing wrong or what you can do better. Man, it's that. It's it's not just training. It's everything. 
it's chopping football up you know it's a it's definitely a passion of ours whether it be football and just sports in general i think working with young people you got to have a certain heart to work, work with young people and i don't like to brag on myself a lot or brag on my team but i think we're good-hearted people that have the best interest in these young athletes mind in mind yeah for sure for sure but hey football football that's what it's all about today baby hey, this this episode is all fantasy we're not going to sit here and talk too much about our fantasy team but we're going to talk about our fantasy team yeah but we're also going to talk about i know we drafted last week in the league i'm in with you yes, but sir. i've also got a draft on sunday coming up so i you know i know you got some more drafts coming up so it's Too a man. good opportunity to kind of chop uh, chop shop and maybe some do's or some don'ts what goes into our evaluation process who's Who's a sleeper in our eyes? Who's maybe a little overrated? And then maybe in the end, we'll tie it all together with like our top five, um, you know, our top, top of the top, top five at every position. All right. Sounds fun. Let's get into it. All right. Now, so I don't know. I, I just wanted to basically kind of go over with you like some do's or don'ts, man, when you're playing, when you're playing fantasy or when you're um, thinking about drafting your team, some of the things that you're looking at, some of the things you're not looking at, uh, some of the things maybe you avoid basic, you know, basic fantasy strategy and philosophy. Um, like where are you at with it? Well, you know, there's a few things that I do and I don't do. I don't know if I'm going to give you too many of the do's just because, like you said, we got a couple of drafts coming up here soon. and <laughs> I don't want to give out too much of the tips. But anyway, as far as don'ts go, I don't draft any players that are facing suspension. This has bit me in the ass in previous years, and it's not going to do it again. We were at our fantasy draft, and we seen one of our guys go bite on Deshaun Watson, and everybody <laughs> turned and looked at him like, what? And he, and he's a good fantasy player, so it was a shock to yeah. me that he did that, you know. Um, then I don't like to have two or more players from each team on my roster. You just never want to get overloaded with one team, you know, especially if they're on a down week, it's going to kill you. Um, two players is the absolute max for me to have on one team, but they have to be a good combo, so that way if you hit big on a day, you know, for instance uh, – Car and maybe Devontae Adams yeah. or, or something like that, you know what I mean, where they're going to score a lot of points, or like Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, they're going to score a lot of points. Those are good combos to have. But For sure. Other than that, you know, I try not to really get too many combos on my team <clears throat> either. And then I try not to play QBs that are traveling coast to coast because besides fantasy football, it's been – a lot of teams that cannot travel from the West Coast to the East Coast early yeah, yeah. and vice versa for East Coast teams to come out here late games, you know, it kind of affects them. Jet lag is real. And when they can't play the game, they can't perform and they can't score points fantasy-wise. So, you know, I try to stay away from things like that. I'm a deep, deep matchup watcher. I'm watching the matchups, yeah. strength of schedule. I break it down. You know, those are a lot of the things that I do. What about you? So I agree with you on the on the traveling. Um, it's funny, like living in a town that's AFC West town, you see a lot of um, those situations. You yeah, know, where the Raiders, the Chargers, like uh, the going to the East Coast is horrible. I, I even say going to the East Coast is harder for West Coast teams than going from the East Coast to the West Coast. Not much, but just yeah. a little bit. But uh, some of the things I like to do, just depending on the leagues, I like to stock up on running backs and wide receivers. Yeah. You know, that gives me an advantage later on when folks are looking for replacements. Yeah. Um, I know in our draft we had a lot of folks go quarterback early, and I know that, you know, it just, it's, a, it's a type that you can use two quarterbacks. But um, 
I still like where I project at based yeah. off of my stable of receivers, my stable of running backs. I just think it gives you some options later on, man. Like, you can find a quarterback to plug the hole. You know, it's harder to For find sure. that top-end wide receiver, that top-end running back. That's a fact, man. Um, other thing I do is I try to go for quality over quantity, man. Um, I don't need, you know, I don't need a bunch of a bunch of uh, eights. I want a dime, you yeah. know, and I try to go for quality where I can. Depend Obviously, it depends on where you're drafting at. Um, and then uh, I would prefer to pick somewhere in the middle just because it seems like your spot comes along a little bit quicker. Fifth is the best pick, in oh, my opinion. All day. Fifth or sixth, depending on how many people. It's just it, it comes around a lot quicker. I hate, hate. Even though you get a ch- like your top three pick, you get a choice of a, of a really good player. Sometimes it's just I feel like you get that really good player and then a bunch of mediocre players. You yeah, know? top three or bottom three, really. Yeah, for sure. Well, even on the bottom three though, the one thing I do like about being towards the bottom three is like I'm back to back with a good player. Like I'm back to back with a top fifteen player. Yeah. Whereas if I'm number one, I got a top player and then I'm waiting to like what like 24th pick yep so it, it's a little harder that way um and then i like taking chances on sleepers and maybe some rookies with some potential um i'm always watching rookies that come into the league yeah you know um and i'm giving up the goods because i'm thinking about uh i'm thinking about <coughs> our listeners i'm gonna help them out yeah you ain't beat me this year so it don't matter you didn't beat me last year oh, okay. so it don't matter one year builds up confidence whoa and then the last do for sure is uh do your homework find that diamond for in sure. the rough you know, there's always that one, that one, you know, you got to dig a little deeper to find, but then you find them and that's, that it might make, make or break your, uh, your season. Yeah. And you know, another thing is don't get complacent with your roster, yep. right? Don't get comfortable with your roster. Don't think that who you draft is who you're going to finish with. I'm a heavy, I'm always hitting the waiver wire. I'm always trying to trade. I'm always trying to make some moves, man, because it's the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Anybody could go down at a drop of a dime, so you got to see who has value when they have the value and yeah. get rid of them high and buy them low. You know what I mean? So, Well, I think if you go into it thinking your roster is complete, like you might miss out on some good opportunities, especially yeah. early on in the season where maybe it's not as known as a person that's on that waiver wire, but yeah. you've seen them blow up and you kind of follow a little bit. You can kind of sneak them through and, yeah. and sneak them past some folks. Um I know one of the, the don'ts that I get into is I don't buy the hype, man. I try to avoid the hype. Um, if there's someone I have questions about drafting but feel like I don't feel pressured to draft them if they're, if everyone's, like, blowing them up. Yeah. You know, there's a few guys, and we'll get into it later on, but there's a few guys that are kind of on my all hype, no hope list. And um, I try I try to avoid that. And then, obviously, don't, don't, don't overdraft kickers and defenses. Like, yeah. I'm the, glad we got rid of the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the first thing I've been to without a kicker. I don't know. Sometimes they're good for for you, you get a good one. They're good Nothing. for twelve points. But I think I think people overdrafting defenses like that. Can, like I mean, someone drafted two defenses in our league. Yeah, bro. I'm I'm lucky to take one, and I'm usually I'm looking like bottom eight. Or, you know. Bottom bottom five rounds, like the first eight to ten rounds, dude. I'm not touching a, a kicker. I'm not touching a defense. Like I'm getting quality players at skill yeah. positions. Yeah, for sure. And you know, another thing, I just gonna throw a curveball at you a little bit. That's all right. I'll hit it out the park. <laughs> who who on your roster in our league right now? Are you like is on the wire? Who in our league? Yeah, let's talk about it, man. Because you're like, oh, I get trade bait, and I'd like to make moves, so. <clears throat> What kind of action wow. we talking? What are you looking being, for? Oh, here's but the we, thing. we had the same kind of draft strategy, though, it seemed like. Here's for the, the thing, first couple bro. Rounds. Being from Denver, 
if they have a quality athlete that, that falls to me, I might snatch them up just because I know I play with a lot of Bronco fans, and it might be potential trade bait. If I know somebody's a giant Raider fan and they're playing with their heart and not their head, that might be something I could throw out there. Yeah. I always like fans of teams, right? When you play fantasy, I think you can't be a fan of a team. You got to kind of throw your allegiance at the For door, sure. you know, because then you start making emotional and like decisions with your heart. One. Yeah, like drafting. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to your bro. <laughs> I love you, bro. Uh, but no, for real, though. Drafting Devontae Adams, you know, over mm-hmm. over some other quality that might be out there. Hey, Devontae, <laughs> better watch for her, bro. I'm telling you. No, you'll see. But you'll this see. this is the thing, right? I, I see what you're saying, but I'm ask, asking who. Like, for instance, I know there's a lot of people that are high on Bronco players, right? You were talking about yeah, yeah. The receiving core has a great matchup. The strength of schedule is fares well to receivers. So, you know, Jerry Judy, whoever has him, might be on the wire. You know, I figured they'll probably trade those guys, but I'll stay away from the Broncos. Yo, I stood away personally. from I stood away from Jerry Judy. I stood away from Bronco receiving in general, especially early on. I think it's going to take Russ a little bit of time to kind of get some traction. And really, their receivers have so many questions, question marks outside of Cortland Sutton that I, that would probably be the only one I'd touch. Now, I'm big on Javante Williams. Um, I know they got Malvin too, but I think I think he, this year is going to be more of like a 60-40 split for him. And I think what he can do out the backfield kind of keeps him on the field sometimes. The only question marks I have with that is, are they going to go back to using Malvin in the red zone like they That's did last year? That's what I was just year? getting ready to say. He is a touchdown magnet. Yeah, but Javante has also proven last year, towards the end of the season, especially the last the half of the season, he's fully capable of being that red zone running back. So what I wonder, I think we're going to see more of a of a um, what was it, Aaron or not Aaron Gordon, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Malvin might play a little less role than AJ Dillon did, but it's going to be kind of that, right? Where inside the red zone, they might if they if they're you know ten out, it's probably going to be Mal or ten in. It's probably going to be Malvin. Yeah. So you don't even have to look up your exact roster, but who, what position do you think that you are in most need to kind of correct from your draft night? And don't say none because you're the, the goat. Um, I will say. A position of concern, maybe quarterback. Um, I went with Burrow, um, so that would be. Oh. And I have and I have Carson Wentz as like a backup. Oh, I just want to throw another curveball out there real quick. It has nothing to do with <laughs> fantasy football. I'll save it for the end. We'll save it for you're the good. End. You're good. What? No, nah, we're gonna save it for the end. Don't forget. It, no, we're gonna at the end. We're gonna talk about the Aaron Donald situation. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think you asked me like who's waiver bait. Or trade bait. Trade bait for you. I think, like, I got Daryl Henderson Jr., mm-hmm. right? And I know him and Cam Akers are, are splitting time out there in Los Angeles. I think he'll, he'll, but, get, more, I think he'll get more of the carries. Well, and he, he was he, – Cam got hurt last year, mm-hmm. and he did a great job filling in. Uh, Sony Michelle did a great job filling in. But I think that's one where potentially if he fills in early – that might be something I can use to kind of leverage another player from someone else, right? Yeah. To, uh, to update my or to uh, improve my roster. Another one, like James Robinson, right? Now with Etienne back, like how's that going to work with that backfield? Travis Etienne, you know, he, he would have been a rookie last year, got hurt, missed the entire season. James Robinson's only been back to back, yeah, thousand yard rusher, I believe. So how's that going to work? Um, 
you know, I think those two guys give me a chance to have something on my on my roster to kind of negotiate with. Uh, not to mention, you know, my running backs are deep, bro. But I don't want to get too much into my into my team. But that's kind of just where I'm at with that. Like I'll find I'll find situations that I can use to improve my team elsewhere. Okay, I respect it. Um, since we're evaluating our our lineup, where are you at with like evaluation process? Do you um, like uh, evaluate? games for potential draft picks like yo i want to get this dude because he's he's facing this defense twice a year you know like is, is there, do you look at things like that oh yeah i definitely look at that i look at the opposing team and how they fare against running backs receivers quarterbacks tight end etc etc you know for instance for me this year on my my roster in our league you know i know a lot of people questioned it because this guy is coming off of an injury you know, but before his injury had flashes of some great things. Yeah. You know, and week one on his schedule, J.K. Dobbins travels to play the Jets. Yep. And the Jets are very kind to running backs, and I also want to see what he's going to do, right? It's a also somewhat of an evaluation for him, right? Because if he performs well, yep. he, his value might go up and he might Again, you know what I mean? If he performs mediocre, I might want to hold on to him to see if he ups his value a little bit. If not, I might have to get rid of him quick, you know. So that's one particular player that I'm watching week one just because, again, it's a fair matchup for him. But also, I just want to see what he's going to do. I'm kind of big on on J.K. this year too, bro. He got hurt last year. And if you were were a Baltimore running back last year, that's what you did was get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um I know they got Mike Davis over there. They got Gus Edwards. I think J.K. is going to lead that charge. He was great coming out of Ohio State. I'm big on him. He's not quite a sleeper for me, but he's definitely somebody I was looking at later on in the draft. Oh, I didn't call him a sleeper, did I? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, he's not, like, because he's not not out there. He's not, like, a top running back, but he's definitely not somebody that you're saying you don't expect anything out of. Yeah. Like, I, I I think, and based off where you drafted him, too, I think you drafted him mid-draft, you know what I mean? You got good value for him. Yeah. I think he's somebody that can provide that, especially with the way when Baltimore runs the ball and, and they play the offense they want to play, they're unstoppable, yeah. and all their running backs rack up points, yeah, you know? because, you know, Lamar's going to open it up. And that's another yeah. thing that it's going to help out is it's going to help out Lamar a bunch being that they actually have a legitimate running attack where last year they were kind of uh, – dude, what did they lose, like four different running backs at the beginning well, of the season and, and they're piecing guys in there? And you got to think about this too. Not only that, right, what's their passing game going to be like this year with only Mark Andrews, right? They have brought in a few pieces, yeah. but Marquise Brown's no longer there. So their passing game potentially could be affected and maybe they're going to be a little bit more run heavy opposed to pass well and i don't expect them to be run heavy to open up them lanes a little bit too right to get that get that extra player up in the box so that because i don't know that lamar has gotten to be a better passer over the years um i still think he's on like the first two reads so to keep it simple why not you know run the ball a bunch that 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 right there is going to soften up the defense to think yeah. run, RPO. maybe get something over the top. Yeah, should be the king of RPO, especially with Andrews just sitting, you know, yeah, dropping back there and sitting. Three should be a deadly combo. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, another guy that before you get into to yours, um, George Kittle. You know, not necessarily any particular game, just San Francisco's 
strength of schedule versus for tight ends is pretty favorable for him. So, you know, I think that he should have a good year. I think, again, people are worried about what's the quarterback situation going to be like. Yeah. But people are sleeping on Trey Lance. And I think Trey Lance is going to come in there and he's going to he's going to prove some things. Well, and I think it's the same thing what we're talking about with Baltimore, bro. Like San Francisco, excuse me, San Francisco runs the ball really well. Yep. Right. They've got a great tight end. Right. RPO all day. Yep. RPO all day. Let let Kittle work him. And he's not he's not like a possession tight end. He can take the top off a little bit, right? I think he went off for like 200-plus yards a few years ago against the Broncos in the first half. You yeah. know what I mean? Could have broke the record, and they only threw to him one more time in the second half. But um, he gives you an opportunity to do some things. I definitely like like his game a lot and, and uh, what they have to offer. And it's only going to help, you know, Anytime they run that ball, it's only going to help. Plus, I have Elijah Mitchell, so if they pound that rock, pound that rock. You know hey, what I mean? Works out for both of us. <laughs> um, any other things that you do when you're evaluating a team? Like, um, I keep an eye on uh, for teams that give up the booty to running backs and wide receivers, being that yeah. I draft those. Yeah. You know, I've always I always look out for teams coming up that, all right, you know what? I, it, it might be me replacing – Nick Chubb because he's up against the Steelers in favor of, you know, I don't know, um, Josh Jacobs because he's up against the Broncos and they're not as strong against the run. Oh, yeah. Well, you know I, what I mean? There's tons of things that go into it, Coach. You know, it's just like regular football, right? Weather. I'm looking at weather yeah, reports yeah. And each week. I'm playing the matchups, but I'm playing weather too, right? Is it going to be an ugly game? Is it going to be a good game? You know, if it's nice and sunny, well, then we might be putting as many receivers in, playing an extra receiver in that flex. If it's a rainy day, a lot of the games, ugly weather, I might throw a running back in that flex. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, different things. Um, well, and I take that into account, too, drafting, like, quarterbacks, yeah. NFC South quarterbacks. How many of them play in a dome? Yeah. Almost all of them. Yep. You know, they all play in fair weather. Um, you know, I try to avoid, like, I know Aaron Rodgers is good. In the mm -hmm. snow, but sometimes that that makes me nervous. Yeah, uh, New England quarterbacks in the snow, not Tom Brady. That makes me nervous. Yep. New York quarterbacks, that makes me nervous. Anywhere where the weather's going to be questionable, it's definitely, especially late in the season when it's championship time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think fantasy football is not. You know, I think so many aspects of it is real football. You have to evaluate things just like you would evaluate any any situation, like you were going into a game time. You know. Yeah, I have the fire. I have the problem wanting to fire everybody sometimes, especially after a poor week. Like that mother lover's getting fired. <laughs> See, I know when to, I know when to poach players now. Do nah, you, do, are you one of the players, coach, that rides the waiver wire, watching people, waiting for them to drop a guy and you swoop them up before they can pick him back up on the roster? Because you know you have certain weeks, right, where everybody's on a bye week and you're going to have to drop yeah. somebody, and then you have that guy that swoops up and takes your guy, and it pisses you off. I've had it happen. I mean, I watch the waiver wire constantly. Mm -hmm. I definitely. Um, have you done it? What, swoop up on somebody's player because they had to cut him? Um, Instantly, like. I, I don't recall a certain instance where I did, but I know I would try. I mean, if you have to drop J.K. Dobbins because he's on a bye and you have no choice, better hope to God I don't get him because I oh, will yeah. I will swoop up your guys just to piss you off. Oh, especially I've, I've especially if I see it in somebody in first place. Yeah. Oh, dude. 
Oh yeah. No sympathy. Even if you don't need him, just hold him there. Just dash and dash, bro. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you have to though, man. Sometimes you have to try to uh you know, you do whatever you got to do to make your team better, bro. This is we all put money into it to win some money and you know, this isn't just for fun. This is to uh make some stuff happen. Yeah, for sure. And then of course you got to you got to evaluate X's and O's, right? Yeah. What receivers get targets? If you're a PPR, then you want to look at the guys who get high volume. You know what I mean? And exactly what we're going to do in, in our league, you know, we get a half point PPR. We're going to look at those guys Dude. that are going to get that volume receptions. So my cousin's league that I have a draft in for this weekend is Don't. a wild league, bro. Oh, no. Is it like is it like Bruh. NBA scores? It's, are worse. Actually. They're high scores, yeah, for sure. But like, it's strategy though. Like every, like you get a point for every touch. So if you're running the ball, you get a point for every touch, right? So you look for running backs that get 20 touches. There's 20 points right there. Not to mention what they get in their actual production. For quarterbacks, though, this is where it gets wild. Quarterbacks, you get a point for every for every completion, but you lose a point for every incompletion. That's cool. I like. I think I like that more than every touch. So like with that, like. Because you got guys coming off the bench scoring pretty decent points. Yes and no. You got to know when to play them. Yeah. You know but if I mean? you have a – that makes it more favorable for guys that are in, you know, running back tandems. It helps out for your flex for sure. Um, it definitely handcuffing your running back might be a good idea in that league. Um, but it's like you got to be – like one year I had I had Tua because of a bye week or some shit like that. And – Dude, he 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 was like less than fifty percent passing, and I got he scored like two touchdowns, but I got like three points total just because his his negative points for interception, his negative points for incompletions, like it was. You got to be smart. You gotta you gotta do your homework and find out who's throwing over sixty five percent and try to target them people. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, same with receiving. If you got someone like Debo Samuel, um, Cordell Patterson, for instance, like. You know, you're getting mad points for all their touches. So it's a little it's a little unorthodox, but it's super dope, man. And, I, you know, my cousin's league's been fun. You get some big scores and you also get some uh, some rather disappointing ones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So is there any particular player on your roster that you're looking forward to a, a game this year for for my for? Like a game that I'm playing? Yeah, or like a part of your evaluation process. Have you kind of already seen any particular week that you're looking for? Even not even maybe um, someone that you're playing in our league. Have you seen like a week that you're Not really. For? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I got San Francisco's going up against Chicago that first week. And yeah. I got Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. I'm a little concerned because it's yeah. in Chicago. And, you know, but it's also early. The weather should be fine. Um, also got that. San- I I screwed up and got three players going this week from San Francisco. I got that oh, yeah. that defense going too, oh, yeah. which that that might be a benefit though because Chicago sucks. Justin Fields. I don't know, man. This uh, might be the year for Justin Fields. I don't know. I think so, Coach. This could know. be the year. I don't know. You know what? I think sometimes there's just things that go unnoticed. You know what I mean? When they really shouldn't. For instance, I want to give a shout out to Christian Whitney and Black Sevens. If you need any graphic design work done, make sure you hit up Christian at BlackSevens.com. Christian is a native of North Denver and a beast at what he does. He is also a great dude. So visit BlackSevens.com right now to see his work, buy some merch, and see all that he has going on. He knocked the DNA logo out the park, and we are super excited to feature his work. Visit BlackSevens.com right now for more. 
He should not be unnoticed. Check out Christian, man. He does good work. Hey, Christian is a true, true sleeper. Yeah. And since we're going into that segment, it makes for a perfect segue. Yes, it does. But he's also full of hope, and he's definitely worked. I believe the hype with Christian. Yeah. All day, every day, man. Shout out to Christian. I appreciate you, brother, for our, for all that you did for us in terms of uh, making our, uh, our logo stand out and pop. Yes, sir. So... Get into that wake up call, Dom. Who are we sleeping on, man? What 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 players are people sleeping on that you need to wake them up to, man? I know I have a couple. I don't. I know you've got a couple. Um, you want to go first? You want me to? Uh, I'll go first. Um, By all means. Just because I feel like, in particularly in our league, that this guy was slept on, and and I think he might be slept on in other leagues as well. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna be able to snag him up late. Um, Adam Thielen, man. You know, I think this guy is a workhorse. He's been a top fantasy receiver for numerous years, you know. And I picked up Adam in the 10th round in our league. Yeah. You know, and they forgot about his productivity years, bro. And I know the emergence of Justin Jefferson is going to take away from his value. That's their number one guy. But he is healthy and ready to go. He has had 24 touchdowns on 202 targets over the past two seasons. Yeah. He's a touchdown machine, bro, and everybody's sleeping on him. Um, another guy that I mentioned earlier is Justin Fields. You know, I think he's going to have a good really? year. <clears throat> I do, bro. I've been following him ever okay. since his high school days, bro, and I think that he's going to have a good year this year um, from the quarterback position. He has a decent schedule. You know what I mean? I think they're putting some pieces around him to try to help him out a little bit. You know, besides guys like Trevor Lawrence and – and. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel Jones, he has one of the most favorable schedules for a guy who's came off, you know, not very good year yeah. past previous year. So, you know, watch out for Justin Fields. I think he's going to do some damage. He's definitely um, got some weapons with Darnell Mooney, with Montgomery in that backfield. Offensively, they got some weapons. If that offensive line can hold up, I think that was a big problem last year with the guy getting hardly any time, getting hurt. You know, it didn't matter who you were. You had a hard time standing behind that offensive line last year. I think that'll be a big key to not only Justin Fields' success, but any of their offensive players, which I do have a couple. Yeah, and, you know, I think since I've, again, I've been following Justin Fields for quite some time, and he's a player of adversity. Yep. You know what I mean? And he's always overcome adversity. And I think he's getting to the years in Chicago where he's going to probably try to have to start making some things happen, you know, similar to Tua in Miami. Yep. And if he doesn't start making things happen, they might start looking to shop him around a little bit. New regime. You got a new GM there, new coach there. They yeah. didn't draft him. Exactly. So. so, you know, this is his year to really come out and prove something. And, and I'm not sleeping on him this year. He's definitely resilient, man. I remember when he got freaking drilled against Clemson in that semifinal and then he came back and was just savage and Merck Merck Clemson up something something mean yep. you know so he's definitely resilient I feel you know that's a good one um I went with one that I've heard a lot about and I'm bullish on this guy Kyle Pitts um he's the first tight end first rookie tight end to surpass a thousand yards since 1961 when Mike Dicka did it okay um I think one question mark is now that he has Mariota thrown to him instead of Matt Ryan, that can be seen as a question mark. But I'm bullish on him because Mariota has tended to favor his tight ends in the past. Yeah. You know, you think about his time in in uh, in Tennessee with Delaney Walker. Yeah. You know, he's he he uses that security blanket, and that's just what Kyle Pitts is. So I think he's a sleeper. Um, 
I've talked about him a little bit, and I'm bullish on him. Javante Williams here, and if he's in, if you're from Denver, you're you're not too. He's not a sleeper, but yeah. um, I think I think he's primed for another strong season. He's a damn good running back in North Carolina. Uh, I think he came in last year and was a bowling ball, and as long as he stays healthy, I think he can only improve on that. Um, and then one that I call a sleeper that's hard to be a sleeper because yeah. he's a top five wide receiver. And it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I think there's a lot of question marks with him going to Miami with seeing how Tua, if Tua can get him the ball. I think that's the only thing I heard uh, the whole time is can, can, can to him and Tua connect. Um, and I think so far the early returns from Dolphins practices, it's beautiful. You know what I don't get, man, is is a lot of people sometimes take the new face, new or new place, new face thing and, and think it's a negative thing for somebody just because they left a really good situation. Yeah. And Bottom line, Tyreek Hill is the cheetah, bro. Yeah. He's going to be hard to cover. He's going to get open. He's going to score points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and everybody thinks just because he went to Miami and the Dolphins are the Dolphins and, and things like that. You know, that but wasn't think, a punch. That was. I think it's justified, though, <laughs> because you go from having the arguably the best quarterback in the league to arguably the, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Now, that's a lot of that's not to his fault. He's a young quarterback. So I think some of that is justifiable. However, I think wide receiver is one of the positions where a lot of times it's made by the quarterback. But there's certain individuals that come along that their talent dictates that they're not made by the quarterback, i.e. Randy Moss. Yeah. You know, I think Randy Moss made a lot of Dante Culpepper. Yeah. So I think Tyreek Hill has that talent where it doesn't matter who he plays with. He can be great as long as they can connect. And I think so far they've connected. And, um, and that could be the same thing said for Kyle Pitts and Mariota, right? Facts. Because Mariota is a mobile quarterback. So yep. if he can get out of the pocket, Kyle Pitts Stretch extends the route. longer, yep. You know, Work he's going to look the for him, open it up. He's going to hit that tight end. So that could be the same thing said for them as well. This last one you're going to like. I, I went a little long-winded with mine, and I apologize. It's all right. I, I love, I I love the way today. you're finishing it out. I have fun today. It's really making me happy. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr. He's a sleeper, and I know sleeping. we're I know we're clowning on your brother for taking him number one overall, and That's, I wouldn't have took him number one overall. Either I, would I. I was Just looking so for know. him. To be honest with you, I was looking for him later on, like fifth, sixth round. I'm not gonna lie, he was on my board. I don't think he would have lasted that long. I think he's primed for a great year, bro. Um, the addition of Devontae Adams really helps. Will help his stats grow. He's already has he already has chemistry with Devontae Adams from their college days, and I think that's getting a lot of hype. And I think that might be a little too much. You know, it's been a few years that since they played together, but he know they know each other. They know when a play breaks down where this player is going to show up at, right? And I think that's the important part that's missed in their chemistry. It's not necessarily the fact that he's thrown to him hundreds and hundreds of times. It's he knows where he's going to go when the play breaks down. You, and know, I think, you know what's great to hear, though, <clears throat> about them, too, is they're students of the game still. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And just hearing a lot of the, the hype around camp right now, and they haven't really been able to see the field, obviously. They're not going to see the field through all preseason. Yeah. So this week was our joint practices with New England, and, and they got some action, and they connected. Day yeah. one, they connected on everything except for one pass. Bro. And they were right away talking about how can we make that one pass next time. I think, so it's going to be exciting. I think McDaniel's system perfect is better than John Gruden's. It is. And it's going to be a better, an improvement for Carr. And I also think – He's got potentially three big-time pass catchers to throw the ball to. He's got Adams. He's got Darren Waller, who 
had a disappointing season last year, but all he's done is had a great career. And then he's got uh, Hunter Renfro, yeah. third in Renfro. And do you, do you, do you, side, side, I'm sorry. No, you're, good. you're good. Do you think John Gruden's offense is kind of what caused Josh Jacobs to battle so much injury last year, the way we use running backs? Because he's not really a power back. He, in my opinion, he's a shifty guy. I mean, he has power, but he's very, yeah. you know, his cuts are beautiful, bro. So I think, you know, we used him in more of the bruiser type feel, and I think McDaniels is going to open things up to where we're going to pass it to him out the backfield. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to. I think if you look at if you look at his use over the last two years, they used Josh Jacobs a ton they the did. last two years, right. a ton. And, you know, a lot of teams do that with young running backs. I fully expect the Broncos to do it here with Javante Williams because yeah. he's a young running back. He doesn't cost you much. Use him up, right? Use them tires. Um, I agree with you in terms of McDaniels' offense, but I also think uh, what's the young rookie that the Raiders just picked up? Um, I forget his name. Um, shit. I forget his name. However, they 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 got a young rookie. Uh, I think they were saying Kenyon Drake's going to get cut. He did get cut. He did get cut finally. So I mean, I think New England that New England style offense has never been needed a big name running back. You just need someone that could be effective out the backfield with it with with receiving the ball, and then someone that's like a change of pace that can hit the hole real quick and break off a couple important run, runs when you need it. And I think. They have everything to do that. And that's why Derek Carr is one of my sleeper picks, man. I, I really think he's poised to have a really good year, maybe a career year. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to put up good numbers. I think he has proven that he puts up good numbers the last few years, you know, yeah. and it's only going to get better with the addition of Adams. It, it, it really is, well, especially not, a health, healthy Waller as well. True that. You know, not everything that glitters is gold, though. Yeah. So you know there's a lot of hope but also a lot of hype going on too. So transitioning to that, uh, what are some players that we hope will get right but the hype just might not be real? Uh, you want me to kick this one off? I'll go. Okay, because I, I think everybody's going to hate my pick. <laughs> I just looked at the notes too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've got a couple. Again, sorry, but – one that I had a hard time putting on this list because I really wanted to put him on as a sleeper because he can be either or, in my opinion, is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And I have a lot of hope he's going to be healthy, which is why he was almost a sleeper of mine. But he hasn't been healthy the last few years. And he also has a lot of tread on the tires. That's been and taken he off. also has a questionable quarterback situation there. I think he's got a better quarterback this year than he had the last couple of years. I think uh, I think Baker's an upgrade over over Sam Darnold, over a broken down Cam Newton. Maybe I'm just not really big on Baker, but I'm not big on him either. I, I, I just I just think he's better than what they've had the last couple of years. I don't think it's gonna it's I don't think it's better in that it's gonna be a difference making better. Yeah. Uh maybe a win or two. You know. Baker looked bad last year. But and he gonna, was hurt last year. Is it year. going to elevate C Max game or hurt his game by having a guy like Baker Mayfield who is a, primarily going to be a pocket passer. He's not going to be moving around out there. I think a competent quarterback play, competent quarterback play, will do a ton for C Max game, just because you have to respect it. Yeah. If they know a broken down Cam Cam Newton's back there, they know uh, not so good Sam Darnold's back there. They had a kid from the uh, from not the XFL, the USFL. A couple years ago, starting that quarterback. I forget mm-hmm. the kid's name. It, it escapes me. 
but just having better quarterback play will improve. Now, again, right. the thing I said, he is he has been beat up the last couple of years. Yeah. He played a ton in Stanford. You know, ran the ball a bunch, caught the ball a bunch, was their offense, was Carolina's offense his first couple of years in the league. I just don't know that he holds up. Yeah, if he does, if you can steal him, middle of the middle of the of the draft, go for it. Take a runner on him. Yeah, you know because if if he pays out, dude, he's a top five running back. Yeah, if it plays out, but I don't know that it's going to. You know, I don't either. That's why I wasn't gonna touch him. What about what about um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown? Uh, I, I heard know, people talking man. about him at the draft last week, Listen, bro. I think I think that. I think the reason he's on your list, right? I think he, I think he's a great player. I do. I think. I wish he was in a better situation. Yeah. You know. I think Detroit. I mean, they're on hard knocks. They're they're working. They're trying. You know what I mean? But I just don't believe the hype in Detroit. Period. You yeah. know, Jared Goff is has been, you know, proven to be a questionable quarterback mind you know he's yeah. been said that he can't diagnose defenses and things of that nature and you know i think a guy like amron amron ross st brown will help him out but i just don't know if Goff is going to help him out and that's why he's on this hype list yeah because i heard a lot of people talking about him but it's still the detroit lions man yeah it's still jared Goff throwing in the ball detroit's gonna have a solid running game it's deandre the cowardly lion deandre swift is legit Jamal Williams is a good backup. Um, they got that kid Craig Reynolds that came in last year and tore it up for yeah. them. They're running. They're, they're wide receivers. They got Amaron St. Brown. They got DJ Shark there this year, and then Josh Reynolds there. Yeah. And Josh Reynolds had a good year last year. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. I still think it's Detroit though, and it's still Jared Goff, and that's why it's all hope and no hype. All hype and no hope. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I got a couple more, but what you got? I want I want to piss some people off. All right, Coach. Well, for me. I I mean, I love this guy, right? I love the way he plays the game. I think he's one of the greatest to ever do it. But Aaron Rodgers, I just don't think he will do anything great. You know, I don't think he's going to be a horrible quarterback. But I don't think he's going to be a the normal Aaron Rodgers that we're used to seeing. Okay. Right? I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that we're used to seeing. I don't think he's going to be ranked within the top quarterbacks midseason like we're normal accustomed to seeing so i think that he's gonna be on a slight decline this year not a huge decline again he's not gonna be dog water i mean he can't put up back to back to back mvp numbers can he no i don't think so either yeah so again so when you're on top right it's not that it's not that it's hard to stay up there yeah so i think that he's definitely gonna take a step back man i mean losing Devontae adams is that's a, a big, big blow. Loss. it's a big blow yeah man. You know, they still got a great team, great foundation, but at the end of the day, losing a playmaker like that just makes it so much easier for a guy who always complains. Well, and at the end of the day, at some point, it's going to come down to having the talent at skill position, especially wide receiver and tight end. And when you haven't drafted talent in the first round at those positions for since Mercedes Lewis, like that, that there could be something said about that, you know, and, and, you know, again, we referenced earlier about quarterbacks making receivers, and a lot of times that does happen. So he'd better take chicken scraps and make chicken soup with it. 
They like, could always break receivers too. And and my thing true. with Aaron Rodgers, my biggest gripe with Aaron Rodgers all the time is, you know, I know he plays with a lot of emotion, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, he's always Oh, negative. Oh, uh, you got an axe to grind against. He's Aaron all Rogers. negative all the time, bro. Like, there's a certain way you motivate your teammates, and sometimes going to the media and doing what he does is not the way you do it. And to do that to a young rookie receiver, I'm not going to catch a ball you throw to me. Yeah. Right? Or I'm not saying they're going to purposely do that, but it's going to break the morale of the locker room, and eventually it's going to turn into some shady crap. And, and I think that – it's going to be a tough year for Rodgers. Eventually, and the at some point, he's beefed with all of his coaches, McCarthy, Lafleur. Eventually, at some point, that stuff's going to come to to roost. So, I kind of agree with you. I don't know that it's going to be. I don't know that he's all hype, but I definitely don't. I don't know. I've never had good luck using Rodgers. The one time I drafted him in the league, he got hurt. So, I, I you know. Yeah, I don't know if he's all hype, but right now, I think it's a lot of hope. Gotcha. Right? A lot of people are hoping that he will be the same guy. Yeah. But for me, I don't think it's going to happen. Man, I have Darren Waller, too. And I know. I've seen that. And well, I was, and I was Let me explain to... it, though. Let me explain it, though, because it's not for the reasons you would think. Like, I think he's going to have a solid year, but I do think some of his production is going to go down for two reasons, especially. One, Hunter Renfro has, has made himself that third down across the middle, hard yardage to get go-to guy whereas a lot of times that's reserved for the tight end and i think renfro is is he's an all he was a, a pro bowler last year and he's really worked himself to be a great receiver and he's going to benefit from having Devonte adams on the other side but also i think waller's numbers are going to take a hit from having Devonte adams out there to having that josh mcdaniel's offense where they spreading the ball to the running backs a little bit more it's not just i think last year a lot of gruden's offense was throw it to Waller, then work outside. Mm -hmm. And I think they've got these outside threats now that kind of make that inside game a little obsolete. Now, I will say, Patriots are notorious for having great tight ends. So I think this offense does do a lot for Waller. And so I can only, – the only way I say he's hype, I still think he's a top tight end. I just wonder if his production is going to take a hit. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. You know what? Uh, at all, but for me personally, I think it's going to only make every receiver on the Raiders better. It might. I mean, just I think, you know, it, it comes down to who are you going to double team? Yeah. Who are you going to double team? And the minute you leave one of them man on man, we're going to expose it. And if you don't, we're going to dump it to our back. Yeah. Or we're going to run it down your throat. Well, and that's where you got to hope your offensive line holds up so that, that they that the team doesn't get the luxury of playing zone and blitzing the shit out of you. Yeah, you know? and I guess I'm talking more football instead of fantasy football. Yeah. You know, but I do think when you have an offense that has that much weapons that it's kind of hard to contain all those weapons all the time. So I really do think that productivity is not going to take a big drop off there, especially since last year he was injured for the majority of the year. Yeah. So one would say last year was a down year for him. So, yeah. you know, this year he could only and, go up. And if he's back. healthy this year, I definitely think he's he's there. You know, yeah. he's had the benefit of health for most of his career. So that's the only thing that's a little worrisome. Um, I put Kyler Murray down too, dude. I seen that as well. I, you know, I I like Kyler, and and I actually like Tua too. A lot of people don't like Tua, but I like both of those guys. I think they're they have potential to be great players. I think the way it ended last year was on a bad trend for Kyler. Yeah, you know they started out super hot, 
just for whatever reason couldn't finish off as strong. I think they finished like almost near 500. Yeah. Um, I have questions about the way it appeared he quit on his team last year. Yeah. And, and I don't know where his team stands with that. Yeah, I mean, they got some new faces in there, too. Maybe, you know, Marquise Brown will bring a different pace for him. Yeah. They got a young coach, though, and I wonder how he's going to handle that. that. Yeah. Especially now that Kyler's paid, right? It's not – regardless of how you feel about a player their and their abilities, once you pay that player, they get a bigger voice in the locker room. Well, you know why you also have to respect this, right? Because – the whole film thing with Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not studying film, you're not scoring fantasy points. Bro. And the question is work ethic. He did make an he did make a valid point. He was a top overall pick in baseball and in football. And you don't get there by not working hard. But at the same time, I think each level you go up in sports, you have to work harder. Yeah. The work and he might have worked hard there earlier. I don't know that he's necessarily working as hard as he needs to at this level. You don't hear guys like Russell Wilson saying that. Well, and you don't hear them putting them clauses into their contracts and then having to bitch about it to get it out. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, oh, I, I'm i going to kick my feet. I'm in the NFL. I'm going to kick my feet up now. <laughs> nah. I made it, mama. Nah, nah. that ain't how it goes, like bro. Just started. Like, you know how many NFL players that sit on the bench for years? Yeah. Hate a statement like that Yep God I have one more for you bro That's just an honorable mention And it's for the same reason You put Aaron Rodgers up there Before you say the name I think you need to get ready to bleep Before you do this Why (laughs) Are you gonna curse (laughs) No It should be bleeped out Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead Tom Brady Okay Um, There's a lot of distractions this offseason I mean you know Retiring Unretiring, the perceived kind of rift between him and um, God, why am I blanking on the coach's name? What's the coach's name? The old coach just uh, left from there. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Damn, God damn it. The rift between him and Arians, right? And kind of spilled over to Arians basically retiring. Yeah. Being forced out. I don't know, depending on what you want to believe. Um, and at some point, it's got to end. Like 25 seasons, 45 years old. At some point, like, did he make a deal with the devil or some shit? Because Father's time has been rather nice to him. At some point, it's got in. I don't know if it's this year. Speaking of Father's time, sorry, I just phew, you ain't the only one throwing curveballs. Did you see Terrell Owens ran a four point three? Bro, 40? Terrell Owens, they need to quit <laughs> sleeping on Terrell Owens. He is a specimen. He's always has Dude, been. He's as old as Tom Brady running a four three. Yeah, that's yeah, great. You know, he give him a shot. Hey, I'll tell you what. Put him on Denver's roster. They need receivers. <laughs> I, Ooh, is, dude, I, they I, would take his gold jacket, though. <clears throat> I think they'd take his gold oh, jacket yeah, away from him. Right, I think right. when you unretire, they take your gold jacket. And, it, you know, he got screwed. That's a different story. Yeah. Um, I know we're been rolling already. We've been rolling. Uh, getting to our last little segment, though, and this is kind of just top five at each position. Okay. Like, what are you thinking? Who do you see? I know know you have your favorites, and we can run through it really quick, but what do you think at quarterback? What are, what's your top five at quarterback? My top five or just my top guy? What's your top? What's your top? I So I misinterpreted it. I broke down top five at each position. 
Um, okay. But well, that's fine with me. We can go. Um, we can talk top guys though. In any particular order, any, or just any just particular top five? order, whatever. Any particular order. Okay, so I think I'm gonna put my number one guy, and then I'll say the rest. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And you still got to put respect on this dude's name, man. Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the top quarterback still in the league. You know, I know. This other guy will be on my list, but, you know, Josh Allen has done great things, but Patrick Mahomes, man, he's he just makes plays when you don't think plays are going to be made, and and he's a spectacular athlete to watch, and I think he's going to continue to make plays, and he's going to, he still has Kelsey, you know what I mean, Tyreek's gone, but he has Kelsey, and he has other weapons there, so he's going to throw the ball around like he normally does. If you know, watch a Chiefs game, he doesn't just target one receiver. He hits all of his receivers yeah. in his successful game. So I believe Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to strive, and he's going to be the top fantasy quarterback, in my opinion. And then, you know, Josh Allen is going to be right there with him. I think Josh Allen has a great situation in Buffalo. Um, he's, a, a, again, a guy that everybody slept on coming into the league, and he's kind of took the bull by the horns and, and – and did what he's done, man. He's He's got weapons. Yeah, he has a ton of weapons. You know, him and Diggs is going to be a special tandem for years to come. And, yep. and I'm just excited to see what he can do so he would make it on that list as well. Um, you know who I'd probably throw in there that most people probably have in their lower 10? I'd probably put Jalen Hurts in there this year. You know, a lot of people sleep on the fact that he rushed for a lot of touchdowns last year. He had a lot of rushing touchdowns, and I think that he's going to continue to build off that. Philly's trying to, you know, build a, a roster there, and, and I believe he's going to do some things. So he'd probably be the bottom of my top five fantasy-wise. Um, got two more. I'm going to take Herbert, of course. You know, he's another young guy who's kind of just rising the ladder, and he has great talent there. He still has Keenan Allen. You know, the Chargers are making moves. Their defense is better, so with the defense being so good, he's going to have a lot of possession. I think he's going to do some great things and, and score a lot of touchdowns, but not against the Raiders. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, last but not least, this guy is probably going to be, if not, one or two, he'll definitely be three, in my opinion. Derek Carr. <laughs> He's a top five, huh? I believe this year. Okay. This year. And and that's what my interpretation is, is what I feel like yeah, no, this that's year. Fantasy-wise, yep, that's what yeah, I Yeah, fantasy-wise, yep. I think Derek Carr will finish in the top five this year. Again, the, the addition of Devontae Adams, a healthy Darren Waller, a healthy Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro. You know, we're going to do – Damage. Basically, all the reasons I laid out why he's a sleeper. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Vegas has one of the toughest schedules against receivers and things like that. It doesn't matter. We have one of the toughest receiving quarters. Come see us. Derek Carr will be a top five fantasy quarterback. What about you at quarterback? So my five, and I'll just go from five to one, um, Lamar Jackson at five, okay. Joe Burrow at four, okay. um, Patrick Mahomes at three. Mm. Uh, I think – his production might take a slight hit, not a big hit. Uh, and I think the difference between one and three is pretty close. Um, got I agree. Justin Herbert at two. He's got a lot of weapons, um, continues to grow on that offense, the stability of, of three years now. And then my top quarterback is Josh Allen. I think he is another one that's just primed. And he would have been a sleeper for me, but I don't think there's any way you can really – that people are sleeping on him. He's got, he's got receivers. 
He's got a running game, and he's got a tight end. You know what I just realized? What's that? Tom Brady, you gave an honorable mention the last segment. Honorable he, mention for hype. Yeah, but neither one of us had a, had him in our top five. So. Oh, no, he's not. I don't think he's a top five fantasy quarterback this year. No, but I'm saying maybe that there's something to say behind you saying that he's all hype. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, he's not I think in we're on the same five, page. So we might be on the same page I think we're on the same than page. I was actually expecting. What about running back? Oh, man, running backs. So I'll go from five to five to one. Um, I've, I've already said this a bunch of times, and I'm bullish on this guy. Javante Williams is my number five running back. Um, Nick Chubb at four. I know he's long in the tooth, and it seems like he's been playing for a long time, but they're going to need that running game in, in Cleveland. And I think he's proven over the years that he's that dude. Um, Derrick Henry at number three. I uh, just think that he's starting to get a little more little more tread on the tires and he's been around a while he got a little hurt last year so i'm hoping that he can bounce back and then dalvin cook at two and then i rounded out with the best running back in the game with jonathan taylor nice nice all right um so i'll go the opposite since you went five to one i'll go one to five all right and your number one is my number one jonathan taylor hands down there's no question about it um you know, I know you're talking about tread, but man, when the guy is this kind of an athlete, you can't leave him off your fantasy football list because he's going to get those red zone targets. Um, they're going to give it to him when they're close. They're not going to pull a Seattle and throw it on the one yard line. Yeah. They're going to feed Derek Henry. Unless he's throwing it. <clears throat> yeah, unless he's throwing <laughs> it. You're right. You know, um, but I'll save him for number three. Oh. My number two guy has to be Austin Eckler. You know, okay. I think that Austin okay. Eckler. Um, you know, he went to college here, baby, yep. did his thing here. You yep. know what I'm saying? From so, Eaton, Colorado. Shout out yeah, Eaton, Colorado. Yeah, shout out to a Colorado boy. You know, he's been productive, and I think people kind of sleep on his productivity and the Chargers offense for the yeah. last few years, to be honest. Even though I'm a Raider fan, I think yeah. people kind of overlook him a little bit. So I'd put him at my number two. Slightly behind him would be Derrick Henry because of the injuries and the yep. tread on his tires and a bigger body. How is it kind of handling some of that? But like I said, he's a different specimen. style runner than Eckler is. Yeah, and he's a specimen though, bro. Yeah. So I couldn't drop him too far, but I did drop him down to number three. Um, number four for me, um, young guy. I'm kind of worried about the offense a little bit, but Najee Harris, man, he's a special yeah. player. And I think that he's going to again, kind of be the focal point of that offense this year for them. Um, You know, with who's going to be their quarterback. Is it going to be the young guy? Is it going to be Trubisky? Who knows? So Najee Harris is going to have to take on a little bit more of the brunt of that load there. And I think that he's going to step up to the plate and do what he has to do, you know. Um, He's going to be running against some big boxes too, bro. Like they're going to be stacking that box. Yeah, they're going to stack it. To their quarterback and show competent play. But the thing about Najee is he could catch it out of the backfield too. So they're not only going to have to use him. His productivity is going to go up, but it's not only going to be up in the run game. He's going to be, you know, catching something out of the backfield. So that's why I kind of put him in here. And that's not fair for his receiving ability, but I did anyway. Um, And then, you know, this guy, I love him, man. He's another downhill runner, but he's a little bit more athletic. James Conner. 
Okay. I think people sleep on James Conner. You know, I think people are sleeping on Arizona a little yeah. bit, you know, because of the way it ended last year and Kyler and who he was to the team and what he said, what he did. And like everything you said earlier, I think yeah. people are questioning the For stability sure. of the locker room. Well, I think a guy like James Conner brings a little bit of a veteran presence. You know, they're going to come out there and I think they're going to move the ball a lot yeah. and you know when some of those drives start to stall out getting closer to the red zone you know feed james connor and he's going to move those chains and eventually get it into the end zone in my right. opinion yep. so um james connor would probably be my number five back and he had a quiet a quietly good season last year so yeah he did he, he he's not bad i think i think that's a good top five i can argue like i said if if, if c-mac can can stay healthy and um Put himself back in that conversation. He's definitely on that list. Yeah, That's you know, a big if and an honorable mention for me has to be Joe Mixon. Yeah, you know, Joe Mixon is is again a vet in the game, but man, he is such an important piece to that Cincinnati success. Dude, he's but, low key some of the reason why I have Burrow ranked so high. Yeah, it's because of Joe Mixon because he's going to take a lot of that pressure off the pass game. Man, and he's so clutch. He's yep. he's he's a downhill runner too. Like you talk about Derrick Henry being a downhill runner. Man, Joe Mixon runs downhill, and 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 he's not that big of a dude no. for doing that, and he runs hard, bro. You so. know where it doesn't show up at for Joe Mixon, and this is where he's vitally important, and it doesn't he don't get points for this in fantasy. Yeah, is he's a great pass protector. Yeah, he is. And he's not only is he good, he can come out and catch the ball, but he's great in pass protection, and I think that's part of the reason he's part of the reason why I have uh, Burrow ranked so high. Um, wide receivers, your favorite position. Uh, you ain't gonna be happy with me. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I already know what you're going to do, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Number one, I'm gonna go Cooper Cup. I can respect that. All right, I gotta go Cooper Cup just based off of his performance last year and Stafford. Honestly, I think Stafford's probably, yeah. you know, was well overdue to be traded out of Detroit and into a better situation because he's a damn For good sure. quarterback. And he's a damn good quarterback. Coach. Do you think not having um, Odell Beckham, um, what's his name, the other receiver that got hurt last year? Uh, Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Not having some of these guys around him is going to cause his production to fall back a little bit? I don't because I think, you know, I think Cooper Cup is not like your Hunter Renfro's, like your Wes Walkers. I think he's a little bit above them in the physicality aspect of the game. Like, gotcha. and his and honestly, his route running is kind of smooth too. He's smooth with yeah, it, bro, and he's not. He's fast. He's too. not afraid to get. Double teamed. He's not afraid. I think Cooper Cup's going to be just fine. Well, his rapport with with Matthew Stafford is incredible. I have him as my number two receiver, and that's you know I, that was hard for me to put him at number two. He he did good for me last year. I think I had him in the league that I beat you in. Yeah, um, but <laughs> <laughs> keep saying that. Uh, well, my bad. It's all right. Hey. Sometimes um, the dog, the sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um. But like I said, I had him too. I had Justin Jefferson as my number one wide receiver. Yeah, I just think he's trending that way. He he's he's a highlight reel. 
dude. He, he really is a highlight, yeah. right? Like he, every time you see Minnesota on the field, you're looking for him and seeing what he's gonna do. Um, he was actually my number two guy, yeah. so it's funny, flip you flop. know, we flip flopped him yeah. there. Um, and then behind him, you know, I got to put my boy. I'm gonna put Devonte Adams at number three. I just think that. He still got to prove, you know, as much as I'm a Raider fan, like he still got to prove that he's that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think midseason he'll probably be the number one receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. That may be a little bit of bias, but I think he's going to show everybody that he's still that dude and that the, that he's not going to just drop off because he's in a new place. You know, he's going to still be that guy and still get his productivity and still catch passes. Well, I think it's like we mentioned with quarterback, that one to three is so close. So yeah. I think any, any three, any one of those one to three can be interchangeable. Um, I rounded mine out, my top five out with Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. Jamar yeah. at four, Tyreek Hill at five. I think Tyreek has potential to be up there in that top. And I mean, these receivers, man, they're all, they're all got a stake for that number one spot. Yeah. I just think, uh, Right now, that top three is going to be a hard one to crack. Yeah, man. I don't know what I'm rounding out with. I'm looking at my list, and I, I see who I put there, but then I see who's underneath that, and I'm kind of like... <laughs> Second guessing the list. Yeah, dude, because Jamar Chase, he would be up there because, again, he's, to me, is like Justin Jefferson. He's a yeah. highlight reel. Um, you know, then I got Tyreek there, and I drafted Tyreek, but... I didn't say anything about Debo Samuel. I know. and I He's think, hard to leave out the top five. And I think I have to put Debo Samuel in there. The reason why I was hesitant to put him in there and put him higher is because a lot of his productivity came out of the backfield and not necessarily yeah. just receiving. But, man, he, he's different. Yeah. DJ or DK Metcalf as well. Yeah. You know, they're just different. They're When it comes to fantasy points, you can't argue the production that Debo Samuel potentially yeah. he's going to give you and that's why i drafted him yeah yeah i know i was going to take him but <laughs> i ended up with adams and cups so uh, i'm not mad at well, it well i mean the rich, can't, the rich can't get richer dog Jeez, yeah please. yeah i know right hey but i think for for we're pretty in tune with a lot of our top fives i think i think the receivers was a little bit easier yeah um i don't know if you did tight ends oh i did tight ends actually okay. um while for me number one guy is that guy okay. is Travis Kelsey. Okay. You know, there's no brainer there. Um, I think that I think there's an argument there, but I mean, some I if anybody, I would say Mark Andrews would be that guy to argue with. Okay, um, only because Mark Andrews again is that one guy that we're for sure is going to have an impact on that Ravens receiving court, right? Yeah. Uh, and I just don't know if what else is going to happen there. He might get a lot of those targets that. Marquise Brown left So I think Mark Andrews Will be my number two guy Number three man I drafted George Kittle But I think I'd probably put Dalton Schultz over him Okay um, Dalton Schultz is legit He is legit bro He's a He's a lunch pail Type of guy right yep. He goes to work and and I think Dak, CD Lamb, the Cowboys, they have a, a good great offense. And I think that Dalton Schultz is gonna have a great year Bruh, as well. I snagged him like in the tenth round in our draft. Yeah, I know. He was still there. I know. I was surprised. Uh, so when I took Kittle, I had the the same argument I'm having in my head of who's above who. Yeah. 
I had the same thing. The reason I took Kittle was strength of schedule. Okay. That's the reason I took him. Um, and then number five, I'm going to surprise everybody <laughs> based off of strength of schedule. Okay. Cole Kemet. Chicago has a very favorable schedule for tight ends. And remember, I told you, Justin Fields is my sleeper quarterback this year. Justin Fields is going to use this guy, especially in the red zone. And I think he's going to drastically bump up from outside of the top 20 to within the top. Wow. He's a solid tight end. I don't know if he's going to make that big of a jump, but that's definitely a great. But let's be real. When it comes to tight ends, the last five years are, there's like, there's always a drop off, right? It's like the top three guys and then, and you yeah. know, notice who I didn't put on my list, right? Because I knew you would say I was biased. I left him off on purpose. Darren Waller? Yeah, because he would have been on there. I don't think he's top five. I do. You think so? I, he's. I just have too many questions. I got burned by him last year. But the thing is, the thing is, is, is I mentioned Debo Samuel. Yeah. Right? I mentioned um, DK Metcalf. I mentioned Derrick Henry. Yeah. And all those guys, they have something in common. They're kind of. Hybrids, yep, hybrids. Yep. I'm sorry, um, and I think that Darren Waller is the same thing. You he know, is. he's going to get put outside. He could be put inside, and just he's the, the old fear, Jimmy Graham style yeah, tight end. The fear as the just that aspect alone is going to improve his game, and he's coming off an injury with something to prove. So, okay. Darren Waller would definitely be in my top five, but because I'm a Raiders fan, I left him off because I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> I'll start from five, bro. Um, okay, just because I got kind of a surprise at five in the top five, too. Okay. Um, I got Dawson Knox at five. Mm-hmm. He's another one I picked up, like, I like that 12th one. round. Um, I think the rapport he built with Josh Allen at the end of the season last year yeah. is big, and I really like him, man. I really like him. He's, a, he's kind of an under-the-radar kind of tight end. Um, I got Mark Andrews at number four. I just... Uh, I wonder about the lack of weapons in Baltimore and how that's going to affect some of the other weapons. So I, I have a big concern about that. I got Travis Kelsey at number three. Um, again, this kind of goes into the effects of like everyone else. At some point, it's got a father times and to catch up to you. He plays a very physical style. He's a, he's been around for a while. Um, I just wonder if even a drop in production for him, he's still going to be a great tight end. Like, yeah, you, so you said Dawson Knox and Travis Kelsey. Dawson Knox had 14 touchdowns last year. Travis Kelsey had nine. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I knew I liked Dawson Knox for a reason, though. Yeah. Um, number two, I got George Kittle. I think he had an injury play season last year. But when he's on, he's one of the best there is in the game. And then my number one tight end, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, and I think this guy's – I think the torch has been passed this year. Or this past season. I think the torch was passed. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to emerge as the number one fantasy tight end this year. We'll see. I I, I understand why. Do you? Kind of. Lack of options. Like lack of serious. They got the rookie. um, uh, What is his name? London. They got that rookie wide Mm -hmm. receiver. Not too much else on the outside. Yeah. Um, I think Mariota's history of throwing to the tight end. Delaney Walker is just comes to mind. Kyle Pitts is very much so like in that same category as Waller in terms of that hybrid style. Yeah. You know, you can spread them out, you know, matchup nightmare. 
Yeah. And I, I just, man, I'm big on him. Yeah, my concern with him is kind of what you said, right? Lack of options. So with the lack of options, kind of like what we were saying with Najee Harris earlier, yeah. is teams are going to stack the box against Najee while I think teams are going to double pits, mm-hmm. right? They're going to leave a safety over the top, and they're going to double him. And I think that, you know, he might open up the productivity for a lot of his other teammates, but I think his productivity might kind of not see the acceleration that some people are expecting based off of the lack of options for Mariota. You know, they do lack options. I mentioned Drake London. They do have Cordero Patterson in the backfield. Um, And Damian Williams backing him up. So that's going to, that's going to help add a little bit to it. Um, I just think this kid's dynamic. Yeah. I I really think he's super dynamic, man. And he's a game changer. Um, I would not be surprised if I seen him literally take over that mantle. I also wouldn't be surprised if I see uh, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller for that matter. Yeah. You know, step back into the light and say, hey, this is this is me you're talking about. Um, I think tight end is an undervalued position in fantasy. Um, If you got a great one, it could make up for a lot of lack of wide receiver depth. Um, Sometimes if you get two really good ones, use one as a flex and use the other one at your tight end position help you out during bye weeks yeah you know yeah i i wanted to miss i wanted to correct myself earlier i said uh dawson knox had 12 travis kelsey had nine they both actually finished the season with nine touchdowns but that's great presence to be amongst right mark andrews travis kelsey dawson knox hunter hunter henry all finished with nine touchdowns hunter henry is another one we didn't mention for new england and you know with the different change of pace in new england we're gonna see what what Bill Belichick has in store, but again, New England is notorious for using their tight ends. I think yeah. Hunter Henry is going to be, you know, helping out Mac Jones a little bit. He, who knows? He could have a great year this year. And Going I also to New drafted England. him. Going to New England did a lot for him yeah. because he kind of fizzled out. He was supposed to be a lot better than he was in in Los Angeles with yeah. the Chargers. Yep. And I think going to New England kind of changed the, the trajectory of his career. I think it was big to go to New England. So. Uh, would not be surprised to see a big season from him. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's the it's the fun about fantasy. Yeah, like, man. We make these lists and then we come back to it, and there's a good chance that one, two of these guys make this list. You know what the crazy thing is? Is I made my list right, and some of them changed while we sat here and talked. <laughs> I'm serious. Like some guys shifted up a little bit, some guys shifted out, some guys I didn't even mention. It's like the know. it's like the album conversation yeah you start to get to conversate and you start thinking about impact and oh i already know my nephews are gonna hit me up and say why don't you mention this person why don't you mention that person <laughs> that's awesome hey if you think that we left somebody out hit us up dna sports slash ask dna tell us who we forgot because this is just our opinion we're just trying to give you guys some things to think about coming up with your fantasy leagues and if you win your fantasy leagues because some of the information you got here you best hook up dna you know what i'm saying yeah um but before we get out of here, Coach, Yo. remember I said I wanted to talk about some. Yeah, you got a curveball. Did you see the the uh, joint practice between the Bengals and the Rams? I didn't. A fight broke out. Uh-oh. And not even just a fight. A big brawl broke out. And there's video that emerged. A photo and video. The photo is Aaron Donald holding two Bengals helmets like this. <laughs> and the video... Well, I'm not going to say what the video is 
entails, but, you know, I'm sure people already seen it. You're going to go out and check it out. But I just wanted to ask your opinion. Like, the game gets chippy. We all know that. We've all played it. We've all been a part of it. But at this professional level, man, when, when one, you're that big and strong and you're using a helmet as a weapon, you know what I mean? Like, is that, like... What do you think about the training camp brawls, bro? We're get going too far. Like, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think these boys are out there beating the shit out of each other for a number of weeks, and then they get someone else to beat the shit out of. And football's already an emotional sport, and um, I think the emotions get the best of you. Oh, for sure. I think. I think. It's almost it's almost wrong to say to to say that that can't happen because, like, I think coaches play on their on your emotion. Yeah, Get a dog out there, you yeah. know, give it your all, you know, fight, fight, fight. We're whatever. bad influences in the case, but but you know, and and that's why I asked you, coach, because I knew you were gonna say say that, and I knew you were going to say exactly what I wanted to say because I think a lot of people see this right, and they forget that these athletes are human. Yeah, and they forget that this game is an emotional game. Yeah, and within the trenches of the game, it's a fight every single play. True. Right? And like you said, you're going through training camp against the same exact teammates, so you're fighting with your teammates over and over, and fights break out in those training camps as well. Oh, my God. He is bashing him with that. Yeah. Helmet, yeah. <laughs> but Well, in, in the trenches especially, that's where you see a lot of it at. Yeah, you know, the offensive linemen, yeah. too, are known to be it's kind of bullies. Oh, bullies, you know, and not to mention – who are the two teams that played in the Super Bowl? True that. So there's it's a, a little of bit blood. of built-up emotion there. So, you know, I think do we want to see NFL players out there swinging helmets? No. no. But has that happened since the beginning of time? Yes. yes. So give Aaron Donald a break. He's a human. I understand it's not what we want to see, but it's a game of football, and there's a lot of emotions riding on it. And I just wanted to touch base on it and put a different perspective on it because a lot of the times you'll see media bashing people yep. whenever things happen like this. And sometimes we got to understand that that – Sometimes we're going to step out of character. And listen, the reality is this. It wasn't on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. It wasn't nationally televised. It wasn't a televised. nationally televised game. Honestly, 15 years ago, you might not even seen this video come out of practice. You yep. might have just heard about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not mad at Aaron Donald for that. Now, we got to be we got to be professional and you got to be smarter and not be bashing people. Ask Miles Garrett about that, about bashing yeah. somebody with a helmet. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they'll probably find him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a better look than trying to trying to screw, you know, trying to you know get massages. Trying to, I, I'm trying to say this without without you know without hitting that beat button. Oh, but <laughs> but it's a better look than 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 getting these massages that happy. you're planning on your on your special areas. Yeah, you know, I happy mean, endings. yo. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> I, I, I'll cut Aaron some slack. You know, yeah. it is what it is. It gets, if you ain't been in them trenches, you just don't know don't how choppy understand. it gets, man. It gets, it gets hectic in them trenches. Like like, like Willie said, parents just don't understand. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> hey, Yo. shout out to Aaron Donald, man. Continue to do what you do. You know, 
we're all men. We all have character lapses sometimes, but we all own up to them. Yep. We all speak about it. We all, you know, man up to whatever happens and we move forward. And, and I know that's what you're going to do because you're a mentor to a lot of young people. Yep. I was just you know, going to say that man's in the community. You're a mentor to us coaches out there. Yep. And from DNA, we just want to give you a special shout out. But we also want to give a shout out to Arsenal Custom Apparel, Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens. Genesis Catering and DNA Sports Denver.com, of course. Hit up our social media yep. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. We got it. Hit us up, book a session, check us out, man. This was a great episode, coach. I had fun. Yo, hey, shout out to, like Dom said, everybody Arsenal, Rebel, Black Sevens, Genesis Catering, the family, your wife, my wife, yes, my sir. kids, your kids. Um, shout out to our coach friends. Uh, little league coach friends anybody playing football any of those drafting this week yo yeah. good luck in your draft we appreciate you tuning in dom i mean i know you got more what's up i just got one more thing because you, you sparked something for me bro Spark. you 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 thanked someone that we got to give a special thanks to you thanked our wives yeah and not a lot of times people thank their wives for for enduring the time that things like this take like coaching takes away from them and yeah. we got two great ones yeah. that understand what we do man and shout out to them for holding down the fort when we're out here in the community trying to do what we can do for all the youth they're at home doing it for our youth so shouts out to them you know i'm not going to name drop them you know but we appreciate you we love you guys thank you coach can i talk my shit go ahead coach we couldn't do this without y'all without the love and, and support of our strong strong women behind us mm. we couldn't do it without y'all screw behind us without our strong women besides us yes sir you know what i'm saying that's for sure we couldn't do it without them um everything that we get to do we get to coach we get to work with these young people we get to make an impact in the community and that's all based off the support from their love and then our family so big shout out to y'all i know we don't say it enough at the end of these shows but we just want to make sure that you guys know because we appreciate you beyond words well, that's the way to end it with that we out love y'all